And welcome, Hoosier fans, to another victorious episode of the Assembly Call as... Wait, victorious? What's he talking about? This is the offseason. How can we have a victorious episode? Well, we can have a victorious episode because if you were paying attention on social media yesterday, you saw that Indiana absolutely won the day on social media. Uh, as a tweet that was sent out by the Indiana men's basketball account went viral. Uh, it was fantastic. It was pretty much universally lauded by fans, I think, and with lots of uh, quote tweets with this is how you do social media and bravo and a lot of people thinking, holy moly, this kind of seems like a new era for kind of the public persona of Indiana basketball. And I know I was certainly very excited to see it, uh, you know, had a lot of positive comments uh, to, to say about it because it was just a brilliantly done tweet. If you missed it, just to give the quick description, you may recall uh, last week there was a tweet that came out with the guys doing yoga. And we talked about this with Kenya Hunter. <laughs> we just happened to be scheduled to interview Kenya Hunter right after this yoga session happened. And so the men's basketball Twitter account put this out. And of course, you know, you have some yahoos that go on there and they're replying, how's this going to help us make free throws? And why are they doing yoga? You know, shouldn't they be working on their shot and all of this stuff, which was patently absurd the moment it happened. And so this tweet that went out basically is a. Uh, a strong but comical rebuke of those comments as it kind of flashes up some of the tweets and then has this funny, you know, little cut from Ace Ventura and then just shows some kind of mundane free throw shooting and jump shots, all of them going in, of course, as just a reminder, like, hey, we got this. Yes, we practice shooting, IU fans. So just relax a little bit. Come on the journey with us. We got it. And it ends with this funny clip of Larry David. It's just expertly done social media. And so I wanted to talk with the people behind it because I had a feeling that behind that tweet was a bigger story about how Indiana is changing their approach to social media. And sure enough, there is. And so on this episode, you're going to hear first from Jeremy Gray, who you've heard before on the show, Indiana Senior Associate Athletic Director. And as he'll tell you, his role has kind of changed to encompass some of this and to encompass you know, working on this new public perception for Indiana men's basketball and other sports. Uh, and then following the interview with Jeremy Brown, we have Andrew or, or Jeremy Gray. We have Andrew Brown, Indiana's assistant director of video services, the guy who had the idea for the tweet and really executed on it. And so we kind of go in depth with him about the story behind it and all the different things that they're doing with players to make social media content more engaging. Look, this is over well over 90 minutes of content. You know, it's not at all about basketball. It's about social media. And you might think, how am I going to listen to 90 minutes of talking about social media? But look, this is the new age of college basketball, and this stuff really matters. And I think when you listen to this, you're going to hear a program that is really smart and really forward-thinking about something that's going to make a big difference in how college sports or how the winners and losers in college sports are determined over the next five to 10 years. And we've talked about it before on the show, how proud we are and how excited we are that Indiana has been a leader with the name image likeness stuff. It's smart, it's forward thinking, and this is kind of the evolution of that. And so, you know, I really encourage you to listen to this and get a flavor for what's going on behind the scenes of IU basketball, because I think as excited as we are about the new coaching staff, kind of understanding the larger structure and the scaffolding that is in place in the athletic department to help not just men's basketball, but all of the athletic departments succeed. It's impressive, uh, and it's going to make you feel good. So we'll get to that, uh, the conversation first with Jeremy Gray, then stick around for the conversation with Andrew Brown. The only other thing that I want to mention before that is just a reminder to use or bookmark our URL, assemblycall.com slash PP. 
When you go to that URL, assemblycall.com slash PP, it's going to take you to this website, Playbook Products. And Playbook Products is a really cool website because they basically create these unique gift ideas for sports fans. So Mother's Day is coming up. Father's Day is coming up. This is the kind of place where you get Mother's Day and Father's Day gifts because they're really unique. So they do coasters. You can do stone cut coasters uh, that have this really cool look and also leather coasters. And they also have coffee mugs. And what they do, it, that's why, this is why it's called Playbook Products. They basically take the diagrams of famous plays and put them on these items. So for Indiana, they have the diagram of the Watt shot, of Keith Smart shot, of the last play of the 1976 National Championship game, and then Kirk Haston shot against Michigan State. They've got them for the Pacers and for the Colts and for a ton of other college teams and the Cubs and the White Sox. So basically, obviously, if there's an IU fan in your life, this is a place to go. But any sports fan at all that's in your life that you want a unique gift for, I highly recommend you go there. A lot of times they have deals. Like if you buy a couple mugs, you get one free, that kind of thing. You can look at that. Sometimes they have a banner up at the top. But go to assemblycall.com slash PP. And the other thing that happens is when you do that and you buy something, they pay us a commission. So it's a really cool way to get a good gift for yourself or for the sports fan in your life. And you support the assembly call at the same time. So go to assemblycall.com slash PP. It's playbook products. I've ordered them myself. That's why. Well, actually, I haven't ordered them. Andy gave one to me as a gift. Uh, so I've had them. Uh, so that's why you know I can speak about them with confidence because uh, I've had them. It's high quality. It's good stuff. Go to assemblycall.com slash PP. All right. Without further ado, let's get now to my conversation with Jeremy Gray and then stick around after that for my conversation with Andrew Brown. All right. Very excited to be joined on this special edition episode of The Assembly Call by Jeremy Gray, Indiana's Senior Associate Athletic Director. And Jeremy, you know, as we enter our 11th season here of The Assembly Call, we are not only doing post-game shows, but we are apparently doing post-tweet shows now. As, uh, you know, when Kenya Hunter sent his tweet out after the Tamar Bates commitment, we happened to be scheduled to talk to him, so we were able to kind of talk about that. And now we have you on. We're going to have, we're going to talk to Andrew uh, Brown in a little bit to talk about the tweet that was sent out yesterday, recording this on Wednesday morning from the IU men's basketball Twitter account that went viral uh, and had everybody just uh, just so excited. I'm sure most people have seen it by now, uh, but obviously it was, uh, you know, showed some images of Indiana fans wondering if the team practiced free throws uh, in response to the yoga video, which I thought was ridiculous at the time and definitely warranted some trolling, which is what happened here. Uh, and then, of course, Andrew and his team put a great video together where then they showed all the free throws being made uh, and jump shots being made. But I want to get from you kind of the story of how this all came about, because I think in addition to the tweet itself being great, I think what also kind of hit Indiana fans is like, whoa, this is kind of a new tone. This is kind of a new personality from Indiana basketball publicly. And I kind of like this. So, I'm, you know, let's talk about the tweet, and then I also want to talk kind of bigger picture if this is something more we can expect. But how did that particular tweet come about? And welcome back to the show, of course, by the way. It's good to be back. <laughs> I'm one of the OGs. I, That's I, right. <laughs> I, I've been a guest for, for uh, you know, intermittently over the, the 11 years, and it's always great to join you. I think it's a story that we need to go uh, way back. And way back because uh, we're in the middle of a pandemic. <laughs> It's not all that long ago, Jeez. but uh, 14 months ago when Scott Dolson uh, was hired as the new athletic director at Indiana, what people don't know is as part of his application process and what he was presenting to the committee that was choosing the athletic director was uh, a vision for the future. And, you know, a big part of it was, you know, continuing on the successes that uh, Fred Glass had achieved as the athletic director. But one of the one of the core tenets of what he planned to do as AD 
was to turn Indiana into the name, image, and likeness school. He wanted to be extraordinarily aggressive and progressive on the issues of NIL. And he reconstituted our senior staff. Uh, He added a couple of people to the senior staff so that the existing people on senior staff, and I guess I would be one and the germane one to this conversation, Mm -hmm. could be more focused on specific areas. And so some things got taken off of my plate and put on another plate. But the idea that I uh, needed to be focused on turning Indiana into the name image likeness school and to help rebrand uh, the athletic department uh, to, to freshen things up. So fast forward a couple of months to the football season and Jeff Keg, to his great credit, who is the uh, lead strategic communicator for uh, football was able to convince Tom Allen to increase access for the creative staff of the Cuban Center to be able to create content for the team. And a lot of people have, you know, rightfully been excited about the post game, you know, locker room talks and the jumping on the team and the we love you coach and all of that is great. But I think the seminal moment of that. And frankly, I am stunned that he allowed it to occur was having a camera in his face and Michael Penix's face mm-hmm. in real time as they were determining whether or not the touchdown or, or like whether or not the call was going to get overturned. I mean, that was just I'm getting chills. I'm getting chills with you saying it because I remember that moment. It was awesome. And I wouldn't I would not begrudge a single coach in the country saying, can you please get the hell out of here. This is, this is huge, but get out, get out of my way. I mean, that would be the natural reaction. I, I think that was the real moment that the access telling the story of a program really cemented itself and football took off from there. And obviously the success of the team was the nitroglycerin that all of that needed in order to take off. Yeah. But we were able to, I think, change the vibe of what LEO meant. Uh, turn uh, Tom Allen and the program into a national story. Uh, the the reach was was amazing, and a lot of people have asked, "Well, why haven't you done this with basketball?" I think it's an important thing to note that the access is key, and that really tells the story of this tweet here. Uh, but it doesn't have to be what Tom Allen does. Right. Uh, first of all. All of his post-game talks are not Winston Churchill and World War II level thing. Sometimes we just take the best 30 seconds of it, uh, of what he's saying to the team and, and give that to the public, but it helps tell the story. Um, but if you look at what Jeff Mercer's done with baseball, he is very much a process leads to results type of coach. And so we see him talking about that post-game but then juxtapose that to a 14-pitch at-bat where the hitter fouled off 13 straight pitches with two strikes and then drew a walk, telling kind of he's he's an analytic-type coach. So we've been able to tell that story. So the, Todd, brand, the brand is consistent with the coach's message, in other words, is what yes, you're saying. Yes, Todd, Todd Yegley's about family. It's got a New York Yankees quality, like only the select few get to wear the pinstripes. That just oozes out of the content of that program. Yeah, uh, Terry Morin with 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 her team, uh, very much a player personality driven, you know, type of message. And and you see the access of all of that. All of that got told there. And so with 
with Coach Woodson being hired, um, Scott Dolson created a document um, that he was presenting to coaching candidates for the position about uh, this is part of the vision for the future of Indiana basketball and that we've got to rebrand the program. We've got to make it connect with, 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 with young people and social media and digital media is a huge part of this. And actually, uh, the Cuban Center staff was listed in the key important people to help the new coach get there. And so that was kind of set from day one. And then quickly we met with Coach Mata and talked about the need for access, that if we want to be good at this, we have to be around. And he agreed to, to, to that vision. And Ben Sander in the basketball program started meeting weekly with the Cuban Center staff. We went through the schedule. We knew what the team was doing at all times so that we would know what to drop in on. And so the different decisions were made. And then last week, uh, our photographer, Missy Manier, who I think is one of the best in the country, she's just amazing, and she's a workhorse, uh, said, you know, uh, we go to lift, you know, weightlifting things all the time. How about we do the yoga thing? And Ben Sanders said, yeah. And then Linnea Phillips said, well, you know, actually the, the athletes uh, would like to, 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 to see this. And so we went to the yoga thing, created a video, and it largely got a very good response. But then there were some people saying they needed to work on free throws. Uh, then we get to this week and it was dead week because of the academic calendar. And we were talking about what we were going to do this week. And Patrick Dehane, who also works video for basketball said, you know, we actually have a lot of extra footage from last week. Maybe we can repurpose something. And then Linnea Phillips sent something to my inbox at 10 o'clock on uh, Monday night saying, I don't think you're going to approve this, but we took a <laughs> shot at this one thing. Andrew made an amazing video. And I looked at it and I said, blur out the names and let's do this. And, you know, the best uh, social media videos are going to start out that way. I don't think you're going to approve this. That means you're pushing the envelope. <laughs> <laughs> you're pushing the envelope. And uh, it got a great reaction. Um, and I, it's all credit to Andrew for taking the time to think of something unique, taking a weakness and making it a strength, a little towel snap at some of the fans who maybe been a little too tough on the team in some ways. Mm -hmm. um, and by the way, I'm a bottom line results oriented person. So if we go 10 for 26 from the foul line in a game, I will never care that fans talk about the need for improved free throw shooting. But doing yoga in uh, April, maybe, you know. It's the insinuation that they never practice it. Yeah, but it's just yeah, yeah, like, yeah. come on, you know. <laughs> so, so he, and he made it. It was, a, it was a gentle tease of some of the fans that were upset by it. Uh, but it showed more personality of the program. And you've seen the response of the players themselves to it. And I think that's really important. But the bottom line is access. Yeah. If Andrew didn't go to the Tuesday workout the previous week, and he was probably, I don't know, he's going to tell you the story on it. Yeah. He was probably focusing his camera as they were shooting free throws at the end. I mean, that is mundane footage that would have never made some sort of hype highlight video. This is Indiana. If he wasn't Jeremy. there. That video is <laughs> not possible. Yeah. So that, so that leads to, yeah. So we, we, we need, we need to, uh, you know, to, to be around and they were around and they, they saw the opportunity, made the video and here it is with 200,000 views in less than 24 hours. In 49 states, they're free throws in Indiana. It's a viral video, you know, yeah, that's, 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 right. that's, that's right. how it goes.
Um, and so coming up later on this episode, we have Andrew Brown on, and he goes into depth about the thinking behind that, everything that went into it. And it's fascinating, you know, down to he was he tells us about the branding meetings that they had with each individual player to try and get to know the player. What do you like? What do you not like? And he said in those meetings, it kind of came up. I think Anthony Leal was talking about how, hey, we do this yoga thing. It'd be cool to, to show that we do this, you know? And so it's cool to see the, you know, the interaction and how there's a lot of different people kind of involved, you know, and as you mentioned, you know, access is important. You know, and I think back to that Tom Allen video that you talked about. And, you know, for folks who don't remember that after the Penn State game, you know, you've got that candid footage, Tom Allen and Michael Penix. And the footage is great, but it's also what the footage revealed. Because you've got Tom Allen, if I remember correctly, puts his arm around Michael Penix and says, you know, win or lose, I love you. Or win or lose, we, you know, we do it together. It was something like that that was so incredibly on brand. And you're watching it. And you're like, this is a real moment. There's no way this is staged. This is just him. And so when you combine access with you know, a real personality, something that's genuine that people can grasp onto, that is powerful. And so I guess my next question for you is now, what do you, and I'm sure it's way too early to know for sure, because the coaching staff is new, you're still trying to figure that out. But what do you think that will be with Indiana basketball? Or what do you want that to be with Indiana basketball? You make a great point that Matt Holland, who did that video, was around football for a long time. So started to understand what football was about. And there is no meeting that would have been some 30 minute meeting of, we want to be good at social media, make a cool video that would have accomplished that. He became part of the team. So he knew the ethos and culture of that team. And it's starting to happen with basketball now. And um, it's really exciting. I don't know, you know, are they going to take the Jeff Mercer lane, the Terry Morin lane, uh, the Todd Yates? I don't know. Um, but I'm very, very confident we are going to find out and be able to tell that story. And the, and the other thing, I think it's a new day. Um, and this is not a, a criticism of the of the fan base or those of us who have been working here for, for a long time. And I've got to shoulder some of the blame for it. But I think a little bit uh, in the last 15 years, we've been a little scared of our own shadow uh, with, with basketball for a variety of reasons. Some of them hard earned, uh, you know, baked into <laughs> just a, you know, a tumultuous 20 year period of time. I think, I think the, the clear message of that, as well as, you know, frankly, the social media that has predated it the previous three weeks is that we are not going to be scared on social media anymore. We're going to tell the story we want to tell uh, that we think will entice people to uh, want to come and play basketball here. And over time, uh, defiant with a lot of personality, I think will sell the fan base too. So uh, we're not going to be scared on social and maybe in the ways that we have been in the past. You know, when the coaching search was happening, we talked about it a lot on the show, obviously. And one of my contentions was that this is a fan base. Everybody, it, look, it's a very opinionated fan base. We all have our thoughts. We react strongly to different things. It's what makes the fan base great and at times can make it, you know, not mm-hmm. as great. But my contention is, look, we need someone in charge of this basketball program that's going to come in, kind of take the fan base by the, by the gruff of its neck and be like, I got this. Follow me. Let's go. Because a lot of us came up at a time when we had a coach <laughs> who did that, you know, and maybe the coach doesn't need to be exactly like that. But just kind of a confidence about it, a, a firmness, a determination. 
And to me, one of the reasons why that tweet worked so well is because it was that. It was kind of like a gentle slap across the face. Like, look, enough's enough. We got this. Let's go. And I feel like the fan base has kind of been waiting for that. Just a direction to follow that is confident and consistent and you can really get behind. And it's been, you know, what, a month. So, you know, it's obviously too soon to tell what results are going to come and all of that. But that's why I think the tone of it was so good. And I think that's why people were excited to see that because it really feels like the kind of change that I think we've all either consciously or subconsciously been wanting from men's basketball. And I also think it's it's manifested itself um, in what the players themselves have been putting out. And I think notably the assistant coaches. Yeah. Um, you know, uh, we get a commitment and Yasir's got the adorable picture of his baby in an IU onesie with a giant smile. I mean, he's got... <laughs> He's got social content for, for every commitment for the end of time. That he we'll sure cover. does. <laughs> and you, you, you see what, you know, Kenya's doing with the car pulling out of the parking lot with a big smile on his face. You're starting to see more of that personality. And I think uh, that's an important part of the story. And I think uh, an underrated component of strong program social media. And I've, I had a eureka moment. Uh, about a year and a half ago on this is that we need the players to tell the story. Um, someone provided me this information. My numbers could be slightly off. The top 150 recruits in the country, um, somewhere in the order of like six of them, followed IU basketball uh, on Twitter or Instagram. And I was despondent. I mean, I'm like, what are we doing? Like, this, this is an epic fail. But then we looked at Michigan State, and my numbers could be wrong. And the number was five, and North Carolina had eight, and everybody was kind of in the same boat. But then we looked, and Trace Jackson Davis, 37 of them followed him. Mm-hmm. And on a personal note, my experience, even as a 45-year-old uh, athletically challenged father of two, was the same. I don't care about the Golden State Warriors, but I follow Steph Curry. I don't care yeah. about the Nets, but I follow Kevin Durant. I don't I really don't care about the Angels, but I follow Mike Trout. Uh, people follow people. You follow your favorite team, yep. and then you follow follow athletes and personalities. So that was a moment where we have to have the athletes telling the IU story for us to be able to reach, one, our fans, and two, uh, athletic people who are 17 years old who like playing basketball. And so yeah. – um, either providing them content, uh, meeting with them to find out what they like, uh, putting out content that we know that they will retweet or repost uh, is an important component of this because I think that uh, is what will have the greatest impact over time. You know, to your point, I was listening to the Tamar Bates interview on Hoosier Hysterics yesterday, and they were kind of talking to him about, hey, you know, do you know some of your, your new teammates? And they talked about Trace Jackson Davis, and his voice just lit up. Like it sounded like probably my voice did when I talked about Greg Graham when I was younger. You know, like this is the superstar guy. He's only a couple years ahead of him, but it's like everybody knows Trace Jackson Davis. So, you know, so to your point, I think the guys are attracted more to the players and the individuals, some of whom, you know, they may have seen at different events or, you know, when they were coming up in high school and there's a real connection there. So I think that's a great point, which leads me to this question. You work hard for your money. Are you sure it's working hard for you? You could be sure with Merowest Credit Union. As a credit union, Merowest is all about people, you and me. So they do the right thing by offering us better rates, greater choices, and better service. Merowest Smart Rewards Checking is a perfect example. It's a checking account that pays you with rates up 
to 18 times the national average. Really, check it out at MerriWest.com. And service? MerriWest takes pride in what they do. Experience it. Your dreams and MerriWest's values just go together. Consider MerriWest today. You mentioned earlier that you want Indiana to be the name image likeness school. And we've heard a lot you know, about what Indiana's done. We've talked about it on the show, how you guys have been out in front. But what, what's the fully realized vision of that? Like, what does that mean to be the NIL school? That's a, that's a terrific question. But I, I remember, I don't know, it was like six, seven years ago, Clemson football started putting out really nice football video. Mm-hmm. And they got to be known as the football social media school. And, you know, a lot of schools were putting out quality football content, but they were, they were early on it. They were promoting the fact that they were doing it and they were doing more of it than everybody else. And that now is just baked into the Clemson brand is that they do football social media very well. And they do, they do uh, no question about it. Well, we don't want to be the uh, 12th school in the big 10 to really jump into the NIL stuff. So uh, we were the first NIL permanent task force uh, in college sports. We were the second school to do the open doors ready program. And the only reason we were second is that the founder of the company was a middle linebacker in Nebraska and talked to them first. Andrew talks so, a lot about that, by the way, when we talk with yeah, him and what that, what that open doors concept is. It's really interesting. For, for sure. Uh, our social media person, Linnea Phillips is frankly the expert uh, on content delivery in the country. She spoke at the national uh, basketball coaches association, national meeting on, on this very, she was the panelist wow. with open doors. So, um, and she won the national award for it. So understanding that I think is a huge component of it, but I also think we need to be very good on the back end of this. A lot of people are going to, you know, push the, we're going to help them, uh, create content that will improve their reach and therefore their financial viability. But the worst thing we could do is to set up someone like Trace Jackson Davis to make $25,000 in NIL money and then not educate them that Uncle Sam is going to want to take $8,000 of that on April 15th, uh, or that if you sign this contract, it's a three-year deal. And when you become an NBA player, you might want to get out of that contract for something better. So business education, Mm. uh, financial readiness, um, understanding contracts and the law itself, Educating our our student athletes to become business professionals is a huge part of our mission. So we're taking, I think, a more holistic approach to it. Um, We've got the third largest living alumni base in the world. Uh, Our basketball Twitter account has 1.1 million followers, which is the second most of any college sports team in the country. Half of the alumni host podcasts. Yeah, half. Yeah, we have more 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 podcasts per win than any program in the country. Uh, Okay, we got to change that ratio. If we can't, if we can't build on that, then it's shame on us. Uh, And there's a lot of uh, well, there's you know 20 schools that have a top 20 business school. There's 20 schools that have a top 20 media school. I think we're the only one that has both. And shame on us if we don't leverage the resources and the expertise that we have on campus to help us be well positioned to be the NIL school. It sure seems like what you said is going to be dynamite as a recruiting pitch, you know, because you hit the players with, hey, you guys are going to, we're going to create content. We're going to help you make this money. And then you come right in with the parents. Oh, by the way, we're going to teach you how to manage it and how to actually understand the business part of it. That just seems like a really, really smart way to go about it with the way that things are trending in the future. That's, that's fantastic. 
So let me switch gears just a little bit here because there's kind of a bigger picture question that I want to ask you. There's a phrase that I've been using on the show and I want to run it by you to see if I can continue to use it. And that is the golden age of IU sports because it has felt to me, it was already starting to feel like it even before we kind of got this new men's basketball enthusiasm that, you know, with soccer and with women's basketball and with football and swimming and diving and women's softball, like all these sports that are baseball, all these sports that are doing so well you know, it felt to me like as as good of an overall time of an athletic or as overall success of an athletic department as I could remember since when I was growing up there in the late 80s. And the missing piece, of course, was just basketball getting rolling. Is that, am I a prisoner of the moment or is that accurate? And if we can get basketball rolling, is could this truly be a golden age of IU sports? Oh, no, no question about it. Um, will it match the mid-1970s? where arguably the three best coaches in their three respective sports were all in the same head coaches meeting. Um, I don't know, but you look across the board and either the programs are performing at historic levels or they are uh, headed up by dynamic coaches that you can tell are making moves in those sports uh, to make them better. Um, I, I think there's a great deal of stability here. It's a place that you can win. Um, there does feel like there is a, uh, you know, a certain mojo. Uh, the football and women's basketball breakthroughs, and I come uh, uh, to IU with the a baseball, women's basketball, and football background. That's how I worked my way into administration here mm-hmm. uh, as an old broadcaster for all of those. And I just remember six and 24 women's basketball teams that were down 46 to eight at half against Michigan state. Hmm. And I remember six hour long baseball games against Shawnee state at Sembauer field with the wind blowing out and just home run after home run after home run. And, you know, there was a game where we had 37 scholarship players in football and Larry Johnson of uh, Penn state ran for 376 yards when we didn't have dirt on the field or we didn't have grass on the field because they were practicing on the field and all of it had died. So to see, in just 15 years, the absolute best program in the Big Ten in baseball, a Final Four contending team in women's basketball, and a football team that's got stacked after stacked recruiting class classes after an eight and four and then six and one season. It's just it's confounding and wonderful to me. And uh, we get men's basketball on track. Um, it's really ready to take off here. And I, I, I can tell you that this has been as hard a year in college athletics as any since World War II, yeah. uh, budget cuts, furloughs, uh, pandemic, t- terrible competitive environments, uh, uncertain work experiences, all of that. But the average staff member at IU right now is two inches taller than they were 10 years ago. Just walking around the office with confidence, all of that, like it, it does feel like a great time to be working here. Got some swagger. Got some Got swagger. Some it's starting to show on social media, which is why people are excited. So my last question for you, and thanks for your time. I really appreciate this. And then we'll uh, we'll get to Andrew's discussion and kind of go more in depth on the tweet. But, you know, for fans who are just so excited about what's going on, um, and especially fans who don't live in Bloomington, because I think if you live in Bloomington, you know, you get tickets, you go to games, it's pretty easy to understand how you can really impact things for the program. But for those of us who don't live in Bloomington, like what are the best ways that we can support this and get on board and do our part to keep the good thing rolling. Cause I think we all know with college sports, you know, it's not just about the administrators, not just about the coaches, not just about the players, not just about the fans. It really takes everybody working together. 
So what can we do to kind of do our part to keep this going? Well, I'll start with two things that are financially related. So the first one is uh, find your old college friends and have a reunion weekend. It's now fun to go to an IU football game. And mm. we hope to have full full stands next year. So, uh, you know, come to a football or basketball game. Schedule, make an appointment weekend to come back to the, the town that you love. Um, because we want, we want full stadiums and we want to, to engage with our fans, even those who don't live in and around Bloomington or the state of Indiana. Two, uh, finances are tough. Um, you know, every football game that got canceled this year in the Big Ten, not just the Indiana games, cost the department $300,000. Wow. So in television revenue, and that would be true for all 14 schools in the league. So finances are tough. Uh, there's, a, there's a misnomer that uh, student athletes go to school for free. They don't go to school for free. Their scholarships are actually paid for by donations. So if you want to donate to the scholarship fund, that will help, uh, you know, continue to make people uh, make our programs viable. But just from a general fan perspective, um, uh, supporting the team, especially when it's warranted, um, take shots when when shots are warranted. But, uh, you know, you know, don't parlay a bad free throw performance against Penn State six months ago into a to a yoga exercise six months later. Encourage the team, get behind them. Um, you know, when we talk about viral videos, 4 million views of a YouTube video of Tom Allen talking to the team after the game, we want you to be one of those 4 million. So engage with us on social media, like, retweet, repost. That kind of stuff does matter to 17-year-old prospective student athletes. And, um, you know, engage with the athletes themselves, you know, um, they often read the negative comments. They don't often enough get the positive comments, you know, send a positive shout out, uh, you know, their way. I think that would be something that would uh, be very beneficial too. And um, you know what? I always like it when I'm traveling around and I go to a place like New York city and you see somebody in an IU sweatshirt, carry the brand for us on your clothing too. Yeah. Yeah. And you know what, if you're going to, like you said, take your shots, if something warrants it, if there's a critique, but don't make it personal. And this is this is kind of the last point. You don't make it personal about the player. The last point that I think is worth making, and I think what I'm so excited about for kind of this new era of social media and you guys kind of putting the players forward is giving fans a chance to develop those kind of personal relationships with players to where you see them more as a three-dimensional individual rather than this 2D character that's just on your screen for 40 minutes a night. And I think that'll really help, you know? And so I think all of this is just coming together to create a better experience for them and for fans. I do too. And I, I think that's something that's been lost, frankly. I think the, if we're going to go basketball specifically, the last group that really had that was the 13 team. Uh, people felt like they knew Christian Watford, felt like they knew Victor Oladipo, Cody, and Jordan Holes. They felt like they knew them. Yeah. Uh, for, for a variety of reasons, um, I, don't, I don't think that that's been as much the case in the years since. And Jerry Seinfeld had an old line. Um, with his New York Giants fandom, I basically just root for clothes. I don't know who wears them. And <laughs> somebody else is going to be wearing New York Giants clothes in 10 years, and I'll, I'll still root for those clothes. Uh, we need to connect people with the people themselves. And yeah. I think that's already started to happen there. Uh, and it's clearly started to happen in football. I mean, it's just, it's just amazing to me that defensive backs at, at Indiana are now famous people in town. And I think that's a wonderful development. And so... Um, you know, Antoine Randall was famous, but maybe the good DB wasn't back in the day. 
the more we can connect people <laughs> with the people, I think it'll pay off for us in the fandom. Hey, they, the DBs were sure famous in my house since my dad yes, coached them. Mose Richardson, Mike Middleton, Eric Dumas, all those guys. They were yes. they were heroes to me. But yes, I, I agree. Now Taiwan Mullen and all those guys can be heroes to to the new generation of IU fans. No doubt, no doubt. So I think that you know that that that's a big priority is to connect our fans with the players, and um, social media is a great avenue to do that. Absolutely. Well, Jeremy, I know you're busy. I really appreciate your time. Uh, it's great getting the story and kind of the inside scoop on on everything that's going on with social media and the NIL stuff. So really appreciate your insight. Hey, and thank you for profiling Andrew. He is an absolute all-star. Uh, he's like 24 years old, and, and he's got the metabolism of a hummingbird. He's just going around all <laughs> over the place. He's like a war correspondent with this camera. And he's just a, he's a wonderkin and a great asset, and I appreciate you giving him uh, you know some love and pub. Absolutely. Hey, those are the guys that make this stuff work. So we're, we're excited to tell their stories. Cool. Thank you, Jeremy. Really appreciate it. Thank you. Me, 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 but also you. <laughs> the Pharaoh fast forwards his favorite foreign film. Powder donut. <clears throat> okay, what's my line? Uh, the only line I see here on the script is get options based on your budget with the name and price tool from Progressive. Oh, man. That's a tongue twister, huh? I'm sorry. I'm going to need a few more minutes. <clears throat> bulbous Walrus. The Bulbous Walrus. The Name Your Price tool. Only from Progressive. The owl ran afoul of the comatose Coxswain. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. All right. Very pleased to be joined now by Indiana's Assistant Director of Video Services, Andrew Brown. And Andrew, it has been uh, quite a day for you. We're recording this on, what's today, Tuesday? Is today Tuesday? Mm-hmm. Or today Monday? Yeah. Tuesday. Yeah. We're recording. <laughs> the days, the days, man, they're all going. We were recording this on Tuesday evening, uh, the night of uh, the day when a tweet that you had a big hand in went viral for the Indiana University men's basketball team. And so we had to go right to you to get the story uh, of this tweet. So I'm going to assume that most people who are listening to this have seen it. But if you haven't, you have to go. It's only 44 seconds long. And it is just, it's an incredible tweet. It's an incredible job of trolling but it's also just incredibly clever of all the people who took the yoga video that was posted a couple days ago and decided they were going to have opinions about it like why aren't they shooting free throws is this going to help them shoot free throws and you guys just absolutely took that and did an amazing job with it so let me get your thoughts on kind of what went into creating this video and this tweet that has now kind of gone viral around the college basketball world yeah so uh I guess we kind of have to go back to the, the yoga video. So um, we've, over the last few weeks, we've been uh, having uh, branding meetings with all the, uh, all the players on the team. And one of our first that we had a meeting with was Anthony Wheel. And he had mentioned that him and, him and Rob Finnessy had been doing yoga, just kind of on their own, but that every once in a while there were these team sessions that they had in Cook Hall. So we, uh, we got the schedule. And we, um, we determined that, you know, that was, that was going to be a good thing to put out. It's something we really hadn't showcased in the past. So we went, it was early in the morning, um, got the photos out, got the video out. And obviously the comments started rolling in and, you know, behind the scenes, we kind of chuckle at it. We see those comments a lot. Um, and you know, we don't usually do anything about them. We just, we just let them sit there and, uh, and so then on Friday, um, I kind of I got this idea, and I uh, I went to our uh, director of social media, uh, Linnea Phillips, and I was like, 
kind of explained the concept and I was like, if we, if I make this, like, is there any chance of it getting posted? And she was like, I, I, I don't think there's a good chance, but we'll see, like make it and we'll see. So I kind of spent the weekend and part of Monday working on it and got it done. And she's like, this, like, this is great. So we ran it to a couple people who needed to approve it. And Tuesday, or actually, I guess late Monday, um, late Monday night, we finally got the approval. Tuesday went out and it's just absolutely blown up. I, I can't believe <laughs> how much it's blown up, but it's, uh, yeah, it's been a crazy last eight hours, I guess. Are you so you're surprised by the reaction? Yeah, I mean we we had talked, you know, like okay, obviously there's going to be a strong reaction, either positive or negative. Mm-hmm. Either way, there's going to be a strong reaction, but I don't think we knew it would blow up this much, and 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 it was overwhelmingly positive, which was absolutely fantastic. That you know was absolutely the goal of the video. So, um, I mean, and and then uh, and, you know my account has blown up, and Linnea's account was blowing up. Um, and it's, yeah, it's just been, it's been nice and refreshing, I guess, to see the IU fan base kind of come together and, you know, laugh at themselves almost, you know, when the story, at least the national media, the last four years is, you know, the fan base can't get out of it, you know, out of its own way. So yeah, that's, uh, that, that was definitely, I mean, you know, that's the thing that makes it so great is it does take kind of this, absurd corner of the IU fan base which you know really does get upset about missed free throws and like really will there obviously are people who will see a yoga video and their first thought is how's this going to help us make free throws you know and I I don't know I remember when when the yoga thing came out I was like look if you have a problem with the players doing yoga you were thinking about this all wrong because this is one of the best things they could possibly do if you want them to get through the rigors of Big Ten play you know but to your point about this video, it really does, it kind of pokes fun at that really absurd corner of the IU fan base, but also comes out really strong. Like, look, we got this. Okay. You know, like I know it, cause that, that's almost how I read. It's like, look, I, I know the last four years have been rough, but like, we got this, we know what we're doing. So just relax and let us do our thing. We have this. Like what, what was kind of your mindset as you were putting the different elements together? Cause it starts for those who haven't seen it it like flashes up some of the more ridiculous tweets in response to the yoga video. Then you've got the, the Ace Ventura uh, quote that's in there. And then it leads into the videos of all the guys making free throws and then making jump shots. And then of course the great ending with Larry David uh, at the end. So what, like, how did you kind of come up with, with doing each one of those parts? What was your thinking behind it? Yeah. So the I guess the first part of the tweets that was really the first thing that came to mind was was that part of the video um and so I I just basically just went kind of through the comments on Twitter and Facebook screenshotted the you know the ones that I thought were the most ridiculous and um sent them over to our graphic designer uh Tom Wilkinson and he photoshopped the he kind of cropped everything out but then he um he helped blur out the names and the usernames and things like we didn't want to go full on you know calling people out so and then we also replaced the profile picture and i was curious to see if anyone had caught it when it went out and there was one person who caught it um and the mark katie i believe right is that who caught it uh i saw from billy budapest yes that i think that is mark katie but his name on twitter is billy budapest yeah (laughs) yeah so shouts to mark yeah (laughs) 
So he found it, and it's uh, it's grumpy. It's the grumpy troll from the <laughs> trolls. Um, that's where we made the profile picture, uh, and then blurred that out. So our graphic designer Tom did did all that. Then the uh, the uh, the Ace Ventura and the Larry David thing that was a kind of a late addition because uh, originally I was just going to translate or I was going to transition directly from the the tweets into the the shooting. Um, but I kind of felt like it needed some sort of transition. And so I actually went on the Twitter uh, GIFs, like search, where you can search GIFs. Mm-hmm. And I kind of just typed in some like moods or vibes, I guess, that I was kind of going for. And the Ace Ventura one was one that came up. And I was like, oh, this is perfect. Like, this is absolutely perfect. So I hopped on YouTube, downloaded it. Um, and then the Larry David thing, that was, I just, that just kind of pops in my head. I'm like, well, this this is just a good way to, to end it, you know, kind of just almost patting ourselves on the back a little bit. Like, you know, this was pretty good. Yeah, no, it is. It's the, it's the perfect ending to it. It really is. So is this, is this kind of a sign of things to come from kind of what we can expect from Indiana's social media presence? Cause I know, you know, like I remember back when the Archie Miller era started, you know, they, they're kind of doing some more with social media and everyone's kind of excited and it kind of tailed off some, you know, and you and I were talking about this earlier. It's a little bit hard to keep doing stuff when the team isn't doing as well and you're losing some games and it just, it doesn't give you quite as much of an opening to do something like this. You know, this fits so well in part because everybody's just riding high from this enthusiasm, you know, so this just kind of slips perfectly into that on the heels of Kenya Hunter's great, you know, tweet after the Tamar Bates commitment with the, you know, the 50 cent. Um, can can we kind of expect that this is going to be more now what we're going to see Indiana having a little bit more personality with its public facing social accounts? Yeah, I mean, I think that a lot of this has has really started with football. Um, yeah, I think we we kind of gained a swagger this year with with football, um, especially with how the you know the Penn State game ended and just kind of that wave that wave we were riding, um, and it's kind of carried over into into some of our our other sports, you know, baseball. Um, has always kind of had that swagger under under Jeff Mercer, and, and we had tried some more progressive stuff with that, and just some more of our less traditional accounts. Yeah. Um, and we kind of saw, you know, the coaching change just a good opportunity to to try something different. Um, and you know, obviously, there's no winning or losing going on right now, so you know, it's it's easy to put out stuff like this, and and it will go over well. Um, so I, I think you'll see a little bit more of a progressive approach. Um, you know, obviously, you know, like we talked about, you know, winning, winning and losing really does matter a lot in content. You know, we're going to get hammered more on social for putting out content after a loss than we will just not putting anything out at all. So, um, it's kind of that balance where you have to hit, um, you know, reading the room a little bit after after a loss to kind of see what's appropriate to get out there the the best example is um and our social media uh director lynette talks about this all the time that our highest performing tweet of this season was a um, video that went out from tom allen's account um, of his post-game speech after the ohio state loss yes which is crazy i mean like our highest performing piece was after a loss um, so it, there are, there are times where, you know, you can capitalize on it and, you know, kind of own the message. Um, so, but you know, for right now, we're still kind of in that honeymoon phase and we're going to take advantage of it. 
I mean, and to a certain extent, your content can only be as good as the subject matter, right? I mean, Tom Allen is just, the man just exudes charisma. And I mean, so many things that he does are inspiring and captivating, you know? And I remember that video. And so many of his videos, it seemed like, or so many of his speeches, you know, went on Twitter and went viral or got people excited because you're kind of getting this peek into a program that has been dormant for so long that is growing. And it's like, you know, you get this peak and you see him addressing the team. And it's like, I get it. <laughs> you know, like, I get why these players would run through a brick wall for him because I just watched a 60-second video and I want to run through a brick wall for him. You Now, if, I'm, if I understand this correctly, this, was, this video right here is one of the first things you've done for basketball, right? Because you've been working more on the football and women's basketball side? Yeah, so okay. um, I did uh, the, the, the two practice videos that went out um, a couple of weeks ago. I did those. Um, and then the yoga video was also one of mine. Um, so this, I think is my fourth video, um, for basketball, but, but yeah, normally I'm, um, I'm doing women's basketball and men's soccer actually are my, my two responsibilities. Um, talk about some programs with swagger. (laughs) I know, I know. I mean, men's soccer is unbelievable. Um, but yeah, so, you know, um, this is kind of still new we're still kind of transitioning, moving people around. Um, but we, we basically added a, a second um, video person now to the team. So Patrick Dane is, is already on the basketball staff and he's been doing a lot of the, the video content you've seen over the last couple of years. Um, so we're kind of combining forces and, and really trying to beef up, you know, what we're doing, at least on the video side um, with, you know, just kind of adding some more personnel. So it's still a little bit new and, and we're still kind of working out, you know, you know, where everyone's going to fit in, but yeah. Uh, it's uh it's it's been it's been cool so far one thing that people have noticed in all of the videos is each one has seemed to very conspicuously shown trace jackson davis making jump shots has that been a has that been an intentional part of the plan that has been intentional i've got some (laughs) i've got some texts about that about are you doing this intentionally and yes it is it is intentional because i know i um i've started since i've been doing basketball content I've, i've started listening to you know, some of the various podcasts and things just to kind of get the vibe of, of where fans are at. And, uh, and obviously a big talking point has been trace extending his, his jumper and, you know, coaches talked about it. He's talked about it. So I'm like, well, you know, it's still the off season. Let's throw some teasers in there, you know, to at least show that, you know, he's working on it. Um, and so I, I've, and I don't know, and I was surprised don't even say anything about, in in the this video we put out today but i i snuck one in there as well oh yeah um so so yeah it's been it's been kind of funny I, i've been trying to put little easter eggs and things like that in there to see if people get it but yeah no i mean that you know the other thing about that video is just the attention to detail is superb you know you talked about having you know grumpy troll kind of blurred out that was a great detail i also very much appreciated that every clip with a free throw also included the swish sound of the ball going in and I'm assuming that was also intentional, right? To make sure that all of the free throws that were shown on there were free throws that were made, very obviously. <laughs> yeah, so this footage was was from those practice videos when we, yeah. when we shot that a couple of weeks ago. And so I obviously didn't shoot it at the time knowing I was going to be doing something like this. So free throws are a very boring thing to shoot from a video perspective. So I didn't track, I didn't track the ball going in. So I knew that I kind of needed to amp up the audio a little bit so people would know you know, they did go in, you know, not that, 
you know, they don't have to take our word for it, you know, if yeah. they really win. <laughs> so what's it like when you're able to be out there shooting video, you know, while the guys are working out, you know, is that something where, you know, do, uh, when you're out there, is it kind of like you're invisible because they're kind of used to having someone shooting and being around cameras or, you know, what, what is that experience like for you and for them when you're taking that video? Yeah. Practices, we try to be as invisible as possible um, because that's their time to work. Um, so we don't really want to get in the way or, you know, have to have them change something that they're doing just because we're there. So we really try and just, you know, stay out of their way do our thing. And then, you know, once we have what we need, you know, we leave and, and let them uh, do their thing. But yeah, it, it's cool to kind of see that behind the scenes stuff. And, and, um, you know, with women's basketball, I've been to, you know, many, many of their practices. And it's, it's funny how when I go to a practice, I can actually apply a little bit of what I'm seeing then in the game. Cause I can kind of see the concepts yeah. and what's happening in the game. It's like, Oh, I've already shot this before. And it's almost like muscle memory you know, you can almost anticipate the offensive plays because you know, like, you know, what's going to happen. Yeah. Um, so it almost helps us practice a little bit, you know, as well to, you know, make our, our shooting a little bit better than on game day. How does it work as your, you know, like you said, you've worked with soccer, with men's soccer and with women's basketball. How does it work as you're kind of coming up with your ideas for videos and maybe coming up with themes that you want to do? Is that something where you're sitting down with Terry Morin and she's having some input in that? Like, are you actually working with coaches on that kind of thing? Are they able to see it before it goes out? Or is that kind of stuff done, you know, and they're just kind of trusting that it'll all go and kind of represent the program in the way they want it represented? Yeah, it kind of depends on what the content is, but also it also, it kind of depends on the sport. Um, So with women's basketball, it's, they're a little bit more hands-off. Um, I'm talking primarily to uh, Megan Cropper, their SID, um, Liz Honiger is their uh, director of ops. Um, those are the people I'm usually talking to about content. Um, and if I feel like there's anything that might need to get run by them, you know, then I send it off to them. But for the most part, you know, we, we work, we have some freedom there. Uh, with men's soccer, um, one of their assistant coaches, um, their their head of recruiting is a little bit more involved um, because they um, you know they want to make more of a recruiting impact on social. So yeah, uh, we have uh, content meetings with them every other week um, to kind of talk about what our plans are for upcoming games. Uh, we just recently had one for the NCAA tournament, kind of talk about you know, how we're handling that, what kind of content we're thinking of putting out. So it really depends on, you know, the, the sport and just kind of how, what they prioritize, um, and you know, how involved they really want to be. Have you gotten a sense yet of how that'll work with the basketball program? Yeah. Um, I mean, so part of the kind of just reshuffling is, you know, Jeremy Gray, um, who's my boss, um, has kind of taken over, um, the, the content for the most part. So we now have someone who's in senior administration, who's, you know, helping lead that, that effort. So we have now, we, we feel a little bit, um, like, you know, we can go to him then get approval because it's, it's at that higher level. So there's, there's just less, um, steps to go through. Um, so, but I, I mean, it's so fresh. It's, um, you know, things are still changing. The coaching staff's kind of still getting settled in. Yeah. Uh, so, we're still kind of seeing how that might work all, you know, how that might all work, um, especially once the season starts. Cause you know, obviously then the coaching staff gets very, very busy. So yeah. 
Um, we'll, we'll see how that, how that process ends up turning out. But, but for now it's been, it's been great. Um, uh, we haven't had any issues so far and, um, you know, I think, I think everyone's really liked the content we've put out so far. Well, and look, the proof's in the pudding. I think when they see the reaction to this, it's going to be like, yes, more, <laughs> do, do more of this because this is exactly the way that you want to be on social media, you know, kind of strong and firm and confident but funny and and self-aware you know all of those things that's what works on social media you mentioned something earlier you were talking about branding meetings with individual players which i found really interesting what do those entail and what are you kind of trying to get out of those meetings with the players so it it almost is is more for us as content creators um Mm -hmm. than it is for them we're basically just trying to get to know them Mm -hmm. um because, you know, especially right now with COVID, it, we don't spend a lot of time around them. Um, and, but we also aren't, you know, seeing them in their, in their time off the court. Um, so we really just try to, to get to know them as a person. You know, what kind of music do they like to listen to? What do they do, you know, when they're not practicing? You know, are they playing video games? Do they have a favorite TV show? Um, you know, favorite restaurants in Bloomington? Um, you know, various things like that. Um, that just help us better inform the content that then we're giving them um, through our um, our uh, partnership with Open Doors. Um, so, um, and, and there are other things too, like like the yoga thing, where you know Anthony was like, you know, I think that'd be cool to have some yoga content. Yeah. Um, so then we we went and made it happen. Um, you know, we talked to um, you know other players about what they want to do after basketball. Um, you know, so that can kind of better inform us, you know, how, you know, what kind of audience do you want to draw? Um, and then kind of the, the last thing is, you know, what kind of content do they want from us? Like, do they like photos better than videos? Do they Mm -hmm. like highlight videos better? Just kind of more, um, you know, casual clips, maybe, you know, celebration clips, things like that. So it, we just kind of, you know, make notes as we go along. And then once the season starts rolling around, then then we're uh, we're getting the right content to them. You work hard for your money. Are you sure it's working hard for you? You could be sure with Merowest Credit Union. As a credit union, Merowest is all about people, you and me. So they do the right thing by offering us better rates, greater choices, and better service. Merowest Smart Rewards Checking is a perfect example. It's a checking account that pays you with rates up to 18 times the national average. Really, check it out at merowest.com. And service? Merowest takes pride in what they do. Experience it. Your dreams and Merowest's values just go together. Consider Merowest today. Has this always been your process or is trying to get more, more player specific like this? Is this a reaction to some of the name, <clears throat> name image likeness stuff that is kind of coming down the pike or at least expected to, you know, where players are going to be able to have a little bit more control and even possibly make money off that. Yeah. So we, uh, we kind of started it, um, not this past, not this season, but the season before we kind of started pushing more content towards athletes and coaches to post on their own account, uh, through yeah. open um now what is open doors again so open doors is a it's a program or it's a it's a platform that we can um use to send content to athletes Ah, um so every every student athlete at indiana has an account and they can go onto that account and they have a gallery full of all all the photos that we take at their games so after Ah. after a game all their photos are in that folder so they have something to post um, and then on the video side, when, when we get a good clip or we think it's a good clip, we'll send it to them. We, we either put it in their gallery or we'll actually, we can 
you can actually, you know, prompt a, a tweet. So we can almost basically write a tweet for them. And then mm. they all, all they have to do is press one button and it goes out. Nice. Um, God, that makes uh, it so much really, easier. Yeah, exactly. And, and open doors really started. Um, it was actually started by two former Nebraska football players. Um, and it was started uh, um, for NFL players to uh, be able to get sponsored content out. Mm-hmm. Um, and then they've kind of branched into college. And now as the, as the NIL stuff has really come up, um, they've, they've really started to, um, to get into that, that part of things. And, and, you know, once NIL becomes, um, actual legislation, either in the NCAA or, or the federal government, um, you know, our athletes will be ready to, to, because once that happens, we'll have to be fairly hands-off. So, you know, it's, it's the education part of it. And it's also kind of, you know, the, and this is the kind of content that does well that then once everything goes, you know, they'll be, they'll be ready to go and, and, and do their thing. Now you said you'll have to be hands off once that, once that comes through. Yeah. So I, obviously education will, will still be a thing. We'll still be able to do that. And I believe we'll still be able to send them photos, videos, things like that, but anything that they want to monetize, we won't be able uh, to have anything yeah. to do with Um, so that's that's where the kind of pre-education part comes in to where you know they can really map and plus you know and after college too we, you know we won't be there to help them every right. day like we are now so you know the more that they can learn now the you know the better yeah it's funny i think just tonight uh word came out from the ncaa the tweet of course says board of governors reaffirms commitment to updating name image and likeness rules but then you read it it's basically like we're just kicking the can down the road you know, we recognize the importance of taking swift, appropriate action. We must collaborate, blah, blah, blah. With several state laws taking effect this summer, we will continue efforts to adopt expanded name, image, and likeness opportunities as soon as advisable. So it doesn't sound like they're doing anything yet, but they're still going to continue to monitor it. A very a very NCAA statement there. Um, but it seems inevitable, so I don't really know why they're waiting. Like, let's just make this happen. What um, I'm curious what your... Uh, well, before I get to that, while we're on the topic of NIL... You know, from your perspective, what do you think the impact of that is going to be on on the athletes while they're in college? I mean, I, I think it's be huge, um, especially at a place like Indiana, where um, you know every athlete, really, no matter what sport or team they're a part of, they're local celebrities. Um, you know, it's I, I always think about you know, like think about a guy like Jordan Holes or Anthony <laughs> Leal, who are from Bloomington, like yeah. what they would be able to do in just in the town of Bloomington, even if they want to just do a camp, you know, a basketball camp at, at Bloomington South, like, you know, they'd be able to do that now. Yeah. Um, and so I, I, I think that the, the impact would be huge, obviously, you know, bigger cities, UCLA, um, you know, the USC, those kind of big brand schools, Duke, North Carolina, like they'll have a big draw as far as just a, a big audience, but, um, you know, it's, it's the schools kind of in between that that's, that's where, you know, you're seeing a lot of positioning by these schools to, to, you know, try and, and stake their claim. And I, I think we've done a really good job this past year of, of pushing student athlete content and, you know, putting the student athlete first. Um, there's been a lot of instances where, um, with, with some sports where we don't, we, we haven't put out a highlight video from the main account all the highlights go out from the players accounts. Mm-hmm. Um, and it, it's things like that, that, um, that will really, really help, um, 
help them kind of grow their audience and, and their brand while the, while they're in school at Indiana. And then, you know, you, you know, while they're, while they're in school and then obviously post post-graduation, um, you know, they, they'd still be able to kind of take advantage of, of what comes with being an, an Indiana student athlete. Yeah. What are, as someone who creates videos and creates this kind of content, what are some of your main inspirations? Like where, where do you draw a lot of inspirations and ideas from? Twitter. Um, (laughs) honestly, that's, that's where I spend a lot of my time looking, just looking at what other schools are doing, uh, what pro teams are doing in in various sports. Like it doesn't even have to just be basketball and soccer. Um, the, the sports community is a weird one where everyone kind of knows everyone through Twitter, but no one really knows them like each other actually in person. It's all these virtual (laughs) friendships. Um, and so you just, you know, my timeline is just full of, of content from various schools, conferences, uh, um, sports like that. And so um, that's, that's really where I, I draw a lot of my, uh, my inspiration from. Are there any, any particular like teams or videos that, that really jumped out to you where you're like, oh my God, I wish I had done that. Or you're like, I've got to figure out a way to get that into something that we're doing. You know, none really come to mind nothing specific because it's all just kind of a passive thing where it's like i've seen it once and then later down the road it just kind of you know it's almost subconscious when you're trying to create something yeah um but this this video in particular was inspired by the chargers social media the, the Chargers social media really is so, <laughs> is so progressive is unbelievable um the stuff that they're doing they are the meme account on in sports like if you want funny like flashy content you, like you need to follow the chargers so the 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 little they really started the trend of you know slipping in little pop culture clips like the ace ventura thing and the larry david thing like that's a very mm-hmm. chargers thing to do so um that's that's where the inspiration for this video came from but but yeah for the most part it's, it's just kind of a you just kind of gather it all in, in your head over time and then it eventually just comes out in a video one day where do you think the line is? And I know, I mean, a lot of it's going to be context specific and school specific, you know, but like, where's the line between, you know, being too meme or being too absurdist, you know, and, and, and also just trying to like, kind of take the sport seriously. Like, how do you, how do you figure out where that line is? Yeah. So, I mean, Lenae and I were actually just talking about this today about, um, you know, the chargers have, have really taken this approach. And it was great for like the first two or three years. And now that they still haven't really been having a ton of success, it's kind of wearing off with their fans where they're like, you know, this is kind of absurd. You're not even winning. Like, yeah. you know, you know, that sort of thing. So there's a balance there to hit. Um, and as we kind of start, you know, branching off into this world a little bit, I don't think you're like, this is not going to be a weekly thing, nor is it going to be probably even a monthly thing. It will be very strategic when we do it. So we're not, um, you know, we're not just completely, you know, no matter what's happening on the court, we're, we're just being goofy or whatever. Cause and there are times where it's, you know, it's time to be serious about what's actually going on. So, yeah. um, as you know, it, it will figure it out as we, as we go, as with, you know, most things on social media, it's just kind of a, a feel it out kind of thing. And so we'll, that's, that's, you know, probably what we're going to do here, you know, as the, as the season approaches. Yeah. Do you, you know, I know obviously the coaches talk to the players, you know, about, 
and, and even though they're you know tweeting videos and stuff during the season, I'm sure they want them to stay off of Twitter and social media as much as possible, or at least not read the replies and not read you know what people are saying. How do you handle that, and how do you try to internalize the good feedback but not you know not focus too much on on the overly critical stuff? You know, have you? I mean, I'm, I'm sure you've. You've had a lot of experience, so that helps. But what what have your strategies been for how to do that? Yeah, I I mean, I think the first part is just you you as the content creator being aware of what's going on within the fan base on social media. So just spending time on there, reading the comments, seeing what you know they're liking and not liking, just as fans. So you know that you know there might be certain subjects that you might want to stay away from in a video, especially if it's coming from a student athlete. Um, and then, but then the second part of it is through open doors. So, you know, through open doors, they can post something without ever having to open the app. So if they really truly want to stay off of Twitter or they like, they can't, um, and still post stuff, you know, to help kind of grow, grow like a firewall so they can get the stuff out there, but they don't have to be on there. Boy, that's good. Yeah. So it, it's kind of, you know, it's, it's, it's all, it's obviously it's up to them. Like, you know, they're the ones who are making the choice to, to be on there or not. You know, we try our best to educate them on best practices and, you know, and, and the mental, the mental health side of things. Um, but, you know, ultimately it is up to them to, you know, determine whether or not they, they want to take that all in. But how do you do it personally? You know, like when you put out a video like this, which is so personal to you that you worked so hard on, and obviously the response to this was, wildly successful i'm sure like anybody who has been on twitter you've put out something that has you know maybe not bombed but not gone quite as you wanted to or got taken the wrong way whatever like how do you handle you know kind of the insanity of the social media response sometimes yeah i it there there are videos that you will spend one week two weeks a month on and it will go out and barely any views, likes, retweets, any of that. And then there's another video that it's like, it's from a game. It's some, you know, 10 second clip of, you know, like there was a clip of, of Armand from this past season where he says hi to his mom. Oh yeah. I remember that. And it's like, you know, that took five minutes to, to do and that blows up. But the thing that I spent a month on fell flat. So there, so it's, it's one of those things where you just kind of have to realize that not every piece of content is going to be an Emmy award winning piece of content. And once you kind of understand that and you, you know, you, you accept that, then you, you're going to be a much happier creator. Um, and, and obviously, you know, it, in your, when you're taking in as much content as you are looking at other schools and, and, and people, it's, it's really easy to kind of be like, like, well, I could never make something that good you know, I'm, I'm never going to reach that point. Um, so you kind of just, you know, you kind of just have to, you know, reaffirm to yourself that you're doing what's best for your school and your fan base and your recruits. Um, and you know, and when you accept that it's, it's a much, you'll be a much happier person as a, as a content creator. Who would you say is the primary target of the stuff that goes out on Twitter fans or recruits, or is it, different videos for different audiences it's it's different for for different audiences um i being behind the scenes you know what like what videos are very blatantly targeted towards a you know 
just general recruits and then yeah. others that are fans. Like obviously this one was a family. Yeah. <laughs> um, but, but, um, you know, other various things are, um, you know, and it, it, it's nice knowing on our end too, when we're kind of told like, you know, we're really going, you know, we really want recruits to know this in this video because yeah. the, it, it changes the vibe of, of the video, um, and, and kind of the tone that we take. Um, yeah. so, so yeah, it's it, not, everything is a, is a recruiting piece. I, I, you know, some, I've seen some people talk about, you know, like, well, social media is so big in recruiting. And so I think fans think that literally everything that we post, whether it you know, be a photo or a text or something is somehow planned in this dark room to target recruits. Like it's not, you know, there, there, there are things that are, are targeted towards recruits, but it's not as, as I guess it's not every single thing that we do, you know, it's, it's planned out just, just like the rest of our stuff is with, with fans. Do you, so I mostly use Twitter. Obviously, you know, you guys do stuff on the Instagram account. You post stuff on Facebook. Are there, are there other places that you guys post stuff that fans need to see? And if, if a fan is mainly focusing on Twitter and they're not on Instagram, are they missing stuff? Uh, we'll be targeted sometimes on on where we put things um, to to kind of target certain certain um, different parts of the fan base. Um, so you know, Twitter is obviously our biggest following. There, we have the second most followers on Twitter of any college basketball team. So pretty much everything is going to be on Twitter. Like if you want to see everything, be on Twitter. Um, Instagram, okay. we are more photo heavy um, because that's just what does better on Instagram. Um, but we'll put videos on there, but mainly videos that are targeted towards a younger audience, um, mm -hmm. students being the, the primary, um, audience on there. And then Facebook is also kind of a, you know, where we put everything. Um, but Facebook is actually where we get our most engagement. Um, really? and that, yes. And, and that tends to be, um, the kind of older subset of the fan base. Uh, but when we look at our numbers and, and uh, there's an account out there uh, called Skull Sparks who uh, they rank Twitter accounts based on engagements every month for various sports. So it's interesting because you can see other schools numbers and things like that. Yeah. And we always consistently have one of the highest Facebook numbers, engagement numbers of, of any, any school. Hmm. Um, so it, so like, so this video, for example, we put out on Twitter and Facebook, but not Instagram. So like that, there are times where we kind of target certain things towards certain parts of the fan base, but, um, so yeah, but, but as a fan, like, you know, if you're following really Twitter or Facebook, you're not going to miss anything. Are there, so you guys aren't doing anything on TikTok or any of the other sites? No, we, we've talked about it. Um, but we, we feel that, that TikTok is more of a, it's, it's just not for brands. Um, it's, it's really for individuals to it's it's just a much more individually centered platform mm. um, and so i know several of the guys have tiktoks and they have a ton of followers on tiktok do they really um, yeah um I, they, I don't i don't even have an account yet i've just i've kind of heard of it but i've never actually gotten yeah, on there I myself honestly for the longest time so i'm like i don't want anything to have to do with it because i'm going to get sucked in and <laughs> yeah. i finally i finally made one and i got sucked in just like i thought i would um yeah i mean but, i hear it the content is just incredibly compelling I mean, not not like an educational sense, but just in a I can't take my eyes away from this because it's weirdly entertaining yeah. sense. It is so mindless. It's a mindless <laughs> platform. You can just spend an hour on there and it feels like you've been on for five minutes. Um, 
Yeah. But yeah, I think Trace, I think the last time I checked, Trace had close to 30,000 followers on TikTok. Wow. Um, which is, which is just incredible. So, uh, but yeah, for the most part, we don't really, we don't really do anything with that. We just kind of let the athletes do, do their own thing on it. Are athletes mostly concerned with growing their Twitter account or their Instagram account? Like, do they tend to gravitate toward one over another in terms of which one they really want to build numbers wise? It's interesting. So that's a question we ask in these branding meetings is, you know, what, you know, what platform personally do you enjoy the most being on, but then where do you want your content to be? Um, because that impacts, um, you know, the size that we make things, um, and certain tones and things that we take yeah. on, on various platforms. And it's, it's been, it's been really enlightening to hear that it's, there's not one that they really prefer there there are some that prefer twitter there are some that prefer instagram there are some that are indifferent um so there isn't really one in particular that i would say that they um that they are really kind of going after it's just kind of personal preference almost yeah well andrew this has been fascinating stuff man i really i really appreciate the time i want to get you out of here though kind of learn a little bit about you how did you how did you get into video and where, like, what, what kind of eventually do you want to be doing? Like, what's kind of your ideal video job? Yeah, so I kind of had a unique path, um, I guess, to where I'm at now. Um, so I was an undergrad. Um, I started as a freshman at IU in 2016. And I kind of started getting into video towards the end of my, um, my high school career, um, just kind of doing photos and videos for, for our mm -hmm. high school basketball team. And, but it was always something I considered, I just considered a hobby. Um, and so I continued to do it. Um, when I would go home, I go to a basketball game and shoot some things, um, and things like that. And then, uh, right before the summer to my sophomore and junior year, um, in 2018, um, the, at the time, the director of video, uh, Patrick Dane, um, offered me an internship with the Cuban center and how I got connected with him was he and I went to the same high school which is, it's a very small high school in a rural Amish community. Like my graduating class was 99. It's a very small school. So everyone kind of knows everyone. So that's yeah. kind of how we got connected um, was because he ended up, he ended up at IU in the, in the Cuban center. So I interned there for a year. Um, and then I spent the following summer um, doing an internship in Fort Wayne. And, and I was an informatics major. That was what my, what's my uh, bachelor degrees in. Mm -hmm. Um, and so I had to get an internship to graduate. So I spent the summer doing it work for a company in Fort Wayne. And on the weekends, I was coming down to Bloomington to shoot video stuff that was going on over the summer. And I kind of realized like, I'm enjoying this way more than the it stuff that I'm doing during the week. Yeah. Like, I'm like, I'm way more into, like, I'm way more passionate about this video thing than, than the it stuff. So Coming back then, I, I ended up graduating a semester early, so I knew it was my final semester at IU, and I kind of made the decision, like, okay, I'm going to pursue this full-time after I graduate. And, uh, and so during the, right at the start of the semester, we had a, a full-time internship position open uh, in the Cuban Center, and they couldn't find anyone to fill it um, external. Um, and so they, because they knew it was, I was winding down with school stuff, they, they offered it to me. And so I took it. My, my main responsibilities were volleyball and softball. Yeah. So, um, I started in with volleyball. Um, and then we kind of had some, 
shifting going on in the department. So my old boss moved over to basketball. Um, and then the, um, at the time, the assistant director moved up into the director role. So there was an open assistant director role. Um, and so I talked to um, the director of the Cuban Center at the time, Andrew Rosner, um, and it was basically like, you know, I want to apply, but I don't want to, I don't want to apply and have, you know, my time just completely wasted. Like, is there any, like, should, like, do you want me to apply basically? Mm -hmm. He's like, yeah, go ahead and apply. Like, we'll see what happens. So I applied and went through the interview process, all that, and then um, ended up getting it. Um, I think it was, it was right either, I think it was right after Thanksgiving, maybe right before um, of that year. Um, and so I, wrapped up my my semester took my last exam and literally the next day i started full-time uh in the cuban center and then um and i had already kind of been doing stuff with women's basketball because they you know we knew that that was i was going to be taking that over so i had kind of already started doing stuff for them so the seamless transition and and uh you know finished the season out with them and obviously COVID hit yeah. um and then it was it was work for from home for several months until and really until football started up again so yeah um, it's been, it's been a weird path with a lot of luck and good timing. <laughs> um, <laughs> but, but I, I'm really happy with, with where I've ended up. Um, but as far as I guess what I want to do in the future, um, you know, I would love to stay at IU as long as I can. Um, you know, I grew up an IU fan. I, that's where I graduated from. Now I work here. Like it's, it's been an absolute dream being here. So I want to stay as long as I can. Um, my ultimate goal, I guess, would be to to kind of be in a creative director management role eventually. Um, yeah. you know, being a content creator is a is kind of a young man's game, and so you know, I I have the energy right now, and I have the time, and it, you know, and all that, and there's a lot of travel and just long hours and late hours and things like that. And so I can do it now. And so I want to do that as long as I can. Yeah. But then you know, when I once I want to start kind of settling down and and, you know, thinking about family and, and all that fun stuff, you know, that's when I would kind of want to transition more into, you know, being a creative director or manager or something like that. But I'll tell you, it feels like this is a good time to be working in a position like yours at IU. You know, we, we've talked a lot on our show about how it kind of feels like a golden age of IU sports right now, you know, with where football is, soccer, men's bat, you know, women's basketball baseball you can go on and on obviously men's basketball has kind of been lagging behind but now there's enthusiasm coming from there too like has it felt different for you over the past you know couple of months obviously the other sports were rolling but now you know it's iu like when men's basketball is going it kind of like creates a headwind almost it feels like that that kind of affects everything else has it has it felt that way to you or is that just something that you know those of us who kind of hyper focus on basketball talk about no, it's, it's a hundred percent true. I mean, like, there's just an energy that just from everyone on campus or even in the town of Bloomington, like it's kind of hard to explain, but like when you're out and about, there's just like, it just seems like everyone's in a good mood. Um, you know, my freshman year was at, when we started out the season ranked in the, in the top five, you know, after the Kansas uh, yes. and North Carolina wins and like just being on campus and riding the bus to class and things like it was amazing. Like it, it was really hard to describe. And football obviously was had made their second bowl game in a row. Yeah. Football rolling, everyone's great. And then obviously kind of basketball comes crashing down. And and we when I at least when I was a student, we never really regained that. Um up until yeah. my last semester and football took off. And and now that 
you know, football's rolling, basketball's rolling, you know, women's basketball, women's when, when they were playing their sweet 16 elite eight games, like all the Buffalo stayed open. They opened late <laughs> just to like show the game. Like it's, it's things like that. It's just, it's, it's been really awesome to see and, and be a part of. Um, and, you know, I, I think that things are really, you know, really heading in a, in a good direction across the board and in such a you know wide variety of areas. All right. For real, my last question, and this is just kind of my, my nerd question for you. What tools do you use and what tools do you recommend for more amateur, you know, type video creators? Like if I were going to take bits of our, you know, podcast or bits of our show and put it out on Twitter, because I'm assuming you're probably using more advanced stuff than I would need. So I'd love to know those two things. Yeah. So I, I edit all my videos in a program uh, called Adobe Premiere Pro. Okay. Um, I've used that before. Yeah. So it's, it's a very common video editing tool and it, it's, fairly intuitive. Um, so, I mean, if you want to get in video, like that's, that's the place to start. Um, and they're easier, you know, even iMovie, it's a very basic way to edit. Um, but you know, for, for very simple things, it's perfect. Um, you know, every once in a while we'll throw things in there, something that we just need to do quick. Um, so it's, uh, yeah, there, you can, you can make it as complicated as you want to make it. I guess. And so we always joke that like in premiere, there are so many more things we could do in there that we don't eat. Like we have no clue what it can even do. Um, so it's, uh, yeah, it can be a little daunting at times, but, uh, but yeah, it's, uh, it's, it's a cool tool. Awesome. We'll follow him on Twitter. It's at, at IU Andrew, right? Is your Twitter account? Yep. All right. Follow him on Twitter. Of course, follow all the players, follow the the main Indiana account. I'm sure you are. If you're listening to this, but Andrew, I really, really appreciate you taking the time. This was fun, and we look forward to lots more uh, fun, entertaining social media content in the future to go along with lots of wins, obviously, that we're also hoping for. <laughs> yeah, for sure. No, I uh, appreciate you having me on. Absolutely. Thanks, man. All right, that was great. That was fun. Sorry, I kept you a little longer than I said. but it Oh, was, it's okay. It was good stuff. It's all good. That was really good stuff, man. Yeah, right. no, I, I I can still slip into college mode every once in a while and you know stay up late. Stay up late. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, all right. Well, cool. Well, I'm looking forward to see what, seeing what you guys do next. Yeah. Any for sure. uh, any yeah. any new ideas that are percolating yet? Or are you just kind of enjoying the reaction to this one right now? Yeah, yeah we're kind of letting this one sit. Um, <laughs> no, they the the guys actually just kind of because of uh, this is dead week and then next week's finals week, so they're kind of off for a while and they'll go home. And so it, it'll be kind of slow. It'll be slow. The next, the, yeah, the next couple of weeks. Uh, but when they come back, we, we got some stuff planned that, that uh, we'll probably start putting out. You'll, you'll start seeing. So nice. It's uh, yeah, it'll, it'll be fun. I, I, this staff has been, you know, I really haven't interacted with them, you know, face to face, but just going to practice. It's, it's been a ton of fun. So it's, uh, yeah, and it sounds. I, I was I was reading Jeremy's Facebook post. I'm going to talk with him tomorrow morning too. So when this goes out, I'll have a conversation with you and with him on there. Um, it sounds like Scott Dolson was just like, "We have to get better at this." Like it basically came from him. Which, hey, bravo, because I agree completely. Yeah, it's so. uh, the football success is really what jump started a lot of this because the the football social media stuff was just it, it added to. I mean, it, it completely elevated the program. Yeah, to to a completely new level, um, and so that's that's kind of the goal, I guess, that we have is to emulate the football, uh, what football's done, um, 
And if we can get, if we can replicate that success, I think we'll be in a good place. What a weird time at IU basketball following the lead of football. Who would have thought? I know, right? <laughs> I know. I, I, I was joking people when I was a student that I, because we didn't make the tournament a single, a single season that I was a student there. So I, yeah. like, I always joke that I went to more, I went to more bowl games than, uh, than tournament games. Um, which it's not right. Just, it's not no, right. It's just crazy. Like, <laughs> uh, but that's honestly even part of part of the goal of all this is um, you know you look around the state and like um, a lot of young people like middle school and high schoolers like like they're Purdue fans like they they've never known IU as as a, as a successful program like they just know that Purdue is the best program in the state um, and so that's kind of a lot of what we're trying to do is like yeah go after the the younger audience because you know whether people want to acknowledge it or not our, our fan base is aging so it know, is we have to we have to attract new fans somehow well look purdue had their own great social media moment last year when they trolled us about assembly hall being their home that was i had to just applaud <coughs> i had to just applaud that because that was actually that was pretty good social media use even though yeah. it pissed me off so now we need yeah. to pay them back they, they've had some they've had some trolls the last couple years um with their schedule posters um, there was yeah. one that they made was the, the Indiana outline the state of Indiana outline. It was, they, it was like our state or something mm-hmm. is what they had it on there. And then they had a football one the year after we did the, the whole breakthrough thing. Yeah. They did more or less what was a breakthrough, but it was like, we've already broken through kind of thing. And mm-hmm. so it's, they, they've always kind of been like that. And, it, and it's funny because we know, you know, we know some of the, the people who work there. So, you know, we'll text them or whatever and kind of kind of banter back and forth about it but uh, yeah yeah it's, it's i mean the basketball team's not giving you much to work with because no. they just kick our ass every time so you can't you can't do anything <laughs> no one wants yeah. to see like five banners to zero you know it's like yeah. no we just need to beat them yeah well and that's you know it's gonna be tough too when you know when we beat them you know we can't completely just you know make it this massive celebration because we've lost to them for the last four years straight so it's like you know this is just the yeah. start of that never happening again. <laughs> yes. And besides, like, it's just, it's different. Like, Purdue is supposed to kind of care about Indiana and, like, you know, really care when they beat us. We're supposed to be like, yeah, that's how it's supposed to go. Yep. <laughs> you know, yeah, this, this exactly. is just, this is just normalcy returning. No big deal. Just the beginning of something new, like you said. Yeah. No, it's, uh, it's crazy how much I, I think that people, a lot of times, they think that um, the stuff that goes out is we're just like, it just appears out of thin air and it goes out very mindlessly, but there's a lot of thought that goes in everything. And like, that's something it's like, you know, so Linnea lived in Indiana for a while. I grew up in Indiana. Um, Patrick grew up in Indiana. So we all kind of understand it and it really informs what we're doing. Um, and, yeah. You know, know, knowing that, you know, Indiana's supposed to be Purdue. It's not a big deal when we beat but when Purdue beats us, like, it's like, you know, they landed on the moon. So, <laughs> you know, like it's, yeah. it's no, knowing those sorts of things, it's like, you just kind of have to know, you know, yeah. in order to do it well. I guess. Yeah. Hey, can I use this stuff that we just, that we just said, has there been anything in here that we, that you don't want put out? I won't use it if you don't want me to, um, but this was actually a good conversation. I kind of wished I'd asked you about the Purdue stuff, but if yeah, not, I'll, no, I'll, I'll, no, I'll leave no, it out. Can, no, you can use it. Okay. Yeah. I don't, I don't, I don't think, think there's anything bad. Okay. Awesome, man. This was great. 
I appreciate it. And uh, this yeah, will no probably problem. go out. This will probably go out tomorrow. I would imagine after I talk to Jeremy. All right. Cool. Yeah. I'll uh, I'll look for it. Cool. Well, hey, and by the way, if there's anything we can ever do to help you guys out, let me know. Um, yeah, and obviously, we, we you know follow stuff and retweet stuff. But if we can ever do anything to help, let me know. We are uh, sure. we are firm supporters of the program. That's why we do what we do. So. No, no, we uh, we appreciate it. I mean, I I, uh, I try to watch when I can. Um, to you know, during the season, I was watching just as a fan because I didn't really have anything to do with the program at that point. But yeah. now I'm kind of watching to, to see where where everyone's uh, you know where where the vibes at, the, what we're doing, and what's happening. So it's uh, it's uh, it, it's nice to I guess see the positivity. You guys have always been very positive um, with what you what you guys do. Um, and so that's, you know, that's always nice that, you know, I, like, I know that your followers are not, they're not the ones tweeting this kind of stuff. No. <laughs> like, like <laughs> they know, they know that things happen during the day other than yoga. Like, yes, they, they, yes, they do shoot at some point during the day. Yes. Uh, so, um, but no, I, we, uh, that's no, so we, we appreciate the coverage and it's what makes Indiana, Indiana. It's, you know, when we it talk is. to some of these athletes, um, they've mentioned that they're like, you know, they mentioned the fan base and like, that's what makes Indiana attractive. Like, yeah, it, they can be intimidating at times, but it's, yeah. uh, you know, it's part of the attraction. Mm-hmm. It is. Hey, you want to be, you want, you want to have a reaction. What you don't want is indifference, right? So yeah. the Indiana yeah. fan base will start. Well, I guess they were starting to give that last year, which is why it was kind of terrifying how, bad and indifferent things got but yeah seems like we're back on a good track now all right man thank you for doing this i'll um yeah i'll send you the link when it's out and uh, again let me know if we can help you guys out in any way sounds good appreciate it thanks andrew appreciate your time man i like everything about that pretty 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 good You work hard for your money. Are you sure it's working hard for you? You could be sure with Merowest Credit Union. As a credit union, Merowest is all about people, you and me. So they do the right thing by offering us better rates, greater choices, and better service. Merowest Smart Rewards Checking is a perfect example. It's a checking account that pays you with rates up to 18 times the national average. Really, check it out at merowest.com. And service? Merowest takes pride in what they do. Experience it. Your dreams and Merowest's values just go together. Consider Merowest today. Some people just know the best rate for you is a rate based on you with Allstate. Not one based on Carol. She's more focused on hitting a high note than the car in front of her. Why pay a rate based on anyone else? Get one based on you with DriveWise from Allstate. Not available in Alaska or California. Subject to terms and conditions. Rates are determined by several factors, which vary by state. In some states, participation in DriveWise allows Allstate to use your driving data for purposes of rating. While in some states, your rate could increase with high-risk driving. Generally, safer drivers will save with DriveWise. Allstate Fire and Casualty Insurance Company and affiliates Northbrook, Illinois.